If you ever get stuck and want to know what's holding you back, I can guarantee you that a root cause is your self-image. It is impossible to rise above the level of your self-love. My name is Raven Burns Kushner. I am a Wiccan practitioner, artist, and life coach. And this is the Paint Self-Love podcast, where we talk about darkness and light, good and evil, and down-to-earth spiritual principles that make our lives more successful. I hope that you find today's discussion insightful and inspirational. So let's dive in. All right, so let's get into it. So I wanted to discuss Claudia now. I talked about Lestat and his narcissism. We talked about Louis and his codependency. So Claudia is a really interesting character because she really portrays what can happen when someone has been through trauma and they've worked through it. And she represents the best of possible worlds when you've gone through a trauma. So the trauma that she's gone through is pretty numerous. So she's 14 when we meet her. Her mom has died. Her dad gave her away. (laughs) Her dad has given her to her aunt who beats her. She's had the experience, which she mentions offhand, of having some pervert watch her pee, right? So she has gotten the message that she really isn't wanted in this world. She's faced rejection at all turns. And even the mother dying is perceived by a child as rejection, so she's in this when she, when we meet her in a situation where she's already experienced a bunch of trauma. And of course, she almost dies in a fire <laughs> and loses everything. So when we meet her, she really doesn't have much. She has nothing. And she embraces not only her vampire nature, but this new family that she's been dropped into. The problem, though, is that she is in the midst of being a teenager and, of course, all the turbulence that comes with being a teenager and a teenager in a dysfunctional home and not just any old dysfunctional home, but a dysfunctional vampire home. <laughs> so she learns pretty quick that although she has a place to live, she really doesn't quite have a family. At least she comes to realize that her life isn't going to be what she would hope that it would be. And the hardest thing that she learns, and she learns this on her own, is that she's not going to be able to have a romantic relationship of her own. She's not going to be able to have her own family. So this is coming right at her sexual awakening. So this is pretty traumatic. It's like learning when you first start dating that you're infertile. And that happens to people, and it's traumatic to know that what other people have is just something that you're never going to have. And so she doesn't take this very well, and she hasn't been prepared for this. So she sees, because she's incredibly intelligent and incredibly observant, she sees her home life also crumbling at the same time. She says right off the bat to Louis, Lestat has secrets. And Louis, in his denial, is like, no, no, he just has these extravagant kills and he just doesn't want to hurt me. She's already known, she's already been following him that he's got somebody else. So she's seeing that even this dysfunctional family life is, is unstable. 
she says to Louis, he's grown tired of us, right? He's got somebody else. And the final insult is Lestat calling her a mistake. Now, prior to this, she hasn't really had a choice. She's basically gotten the message that she's a mistake her whole life. But she's finally old enough and hurt enough and angry enough to say, all right, nobody wants me, fine. I'm going to strike out off on my own and I'm going to see what's out there. Y'all won't tell me anything, so screw it. I'm just going to find out on my own what's out there. And so she does. So the turning point really is when she meets Killer because as I've said, she's had rejection at every turn and now she's out there on her own and she has this little burst of hope when she meets Killer and I forget his his name. Killer is, is appropriate. Um, she meets Killer and at first she thinks like, okay, maybe I can meet somebody. There's other vampires out there and he's young and he's my age and you know he's sought me out and they're getting along but then she realizes, okay, this is another rejection. This is another way she's being treated like she doesn't matter when she's assaulted by killer. So the thing is with trauma and why it's so important, all of us have been through some sort of trauma, some more than others. And when you've been through an impactful trauma, you really tend to go down two roads. And I'm talking about significant trauma, like abuse or the kind of rejection and tragedy that Claudia has experienced. You're typically going to go down two different roads. Either you're going to become an abuser yourself because you figure, okay, this world is abusive. And so anything that you do is justified. And that's really Lestat's path. Lestat is like, the world is brutal. He calls it a savage garden. Whatever you do is justified, right? Or you can go down the second path, the path of the rescuer. Now, the rescuer really has two different paths. You can go the codependent route, which is Louis. The codependent route says that I'm going to get my worth and my value from helping people. You kind of agree with the whole notion that the world is a savage garden, but your coping mechanism is to cling on to other people and to get your value and your worth from being needed. So that's one path of the rescuer. The other path of the rescuer is the warrior. People who go down the warrior path, well, they can either be codependent or warrior, but typically the warrior path are people like psychotherapists, coaches, nurses, people who decide they're going to transform their trauma or even speakers like motivational speakers, comedians sometimes, artists of all kinds, they transform their trauma and their pain into something beautiful, into something that's going to help other people. Now, the codependent path is the heart path. And both the rescuer and the codependent have empathy, but the codependent has the kind of empathy where they are only heart-centered. They're only going off of emotion. They're really operating out of woundedness, whereas the warrior path is coming more from a headspace. It's like, I understand what happened to me, and I'm determined to help as many people as want to be helped. So 
the turning point for Claudia is after she meets Killer and she realizes, okay, Lestat was actually right. Okay, there are shitty vampires out there and it's not smart for me to just be out here by myself and I don't need to be. I have somebody that cares about me. But what I love about her is that she's very intelligent. Like I said, she's observant. She doesn't go home straight away. She observes them first. She gets the lay of the land before she just pops back back in. She sees how she's valuable to Louis. She sees that it's not so much a daughter that Louis needed, but a replacement for his sister. And so when she's standing there watching how he's been dumped by his sister and she's given him a grave and basically cut her, cut him out of her life, then she comes home. And she comes home to rescue Louis. Now, <laughs> although she has learned a lot from her experiences, she still has some lessons to learn, okay? Lesson number one, do not directly confront an abuser, okay? She's thinking from her head. She's thinking Lestat's has somebody else, right? Louis is unhappy, I'm just going to go collect Louis and we're going to go about our merry way. <laughs> okay. She has underestimated Lestat. And to be fair, we all have at this point, Lestat has been the consummate gentleman to this point. We've seen his temper. We saw it straight away in the church. Okay. He has a violent, rageful temper. But, and we also saw it actually when he showed up at Louis' home, <laughs> supposedly on his best behavior and completely disrupts dinner, right? So we see that he has a temper, but he has mastered it for most of the time up until now. But what Claudia doesn't understand is that you cannot directly confront an abuser ever. I don't care if he's ever been violent. And I've said this before, if you're in a, in a situation with an abuser, Whatever you need to do, do it in secret. Do not tell them what you're going to do. Do not announce that you're unhappy and this, that, and the other. That's not going to work. You have to make all of your plans in secret. And she um, does realize this eventually after horrific domestic abuse, having to witness that firsthand. And, and this is adding to her trauma. Now she has witnessed her parents, for lack of a better word, having a deeply abusive episode. And it really broke my heart when Louis is calling out to her saying, okay, we're finished now. It's okay. I mean, that's heartbreaking because it's like any domestic violence that you've maybe seen on TV or, or you know, hopefully not. But if you've witnessed in person, you know, the abused person is trying to protect that child, you know, and protect them from being harmed. And so she witnesses this, right? So lesson one, don't confront an abuser. Lesson two, she has also picked up, don't trust a codependent person. They cannot be trusted. Why can they not be trusted? Because like I said, they're operating from emotion, not from intellect, not from the head. They're operating from the heart. They're operating from woundedness. So you can't trust them. So someone had said, I think in the comment section, that she doesn't have empathy 
for Louise's relationship with Lestat. And I don't agree. I don't agree that she doesn't have empathy for it. She's not in that position. She has no empathy for Lestat because she's not in love with Lestat. And while she understands Louise's situation, she can't get in there with him. But she, what she has learned, and this is lesson number three, is that everyone has a weakness, everyone. And so if she's going to be successful, she's going to have to understand each person's weakness and she's going to have to use those weaknesses to her advantage. And she discovers that Lestat's weakness is his ego, right? He's a slave to his ego and that's the only thing he's really a slave to, his ego and even his appetites he's not really a slave to. He can, as we saw in the beginning when he and Louis first make love and he takes the little drink, they call it, that takes an enormous amount of restraint to stop yourself from going full bloodlust and just draining somebody. So he even has mastery over his appetites and, and he's the one that suggests fasting. So Lestat's only thing that he's a slave to is his own ego. So Claudia picks up on that and that's her, that's one of her tools. The other tool is the fact that the codependent can't be trusted. So she knows that Louise's weakness is Lestat, and she uses that to portray that everything is going okay, that everything is fine, because she needs to operate in secret. She needs for Lestat to not be suspicious, and the only way she can do that is if Louis falls back in love with Lestat, so that they're in that, Lestat is distracted, and therefore he can be fooled. So... Now that we have the final confrontation and her plans are successful, we have the final lesson that she has to learn. And really, this is the most painful one. So she's come full circle where, okay, she's been dropped in the situation. She's overcome a bunch of trauma. She's learned on her own the things that she's had to learn. She has learned that she can only trust herself. She can't even trust Louis because Louis is a slave to this relationship. On her own, she's come to the point where, okay, she has successfully rescued herself and Louis from this dysfunctional and abusive situation. Now, final lesson. Sometimes the people that you help turn on you. That's painful, <laughs> okay? And we don't know yet what the fallout of that is going to be. Now, I'm about a quarter of the way through the books, so I don't actually know how it plays out in the books or what exactly happens. I know so far that the two Claudias in the book and in the show are completely different. Um, but in the show... Claudia rescues the two of them through a, an incredible display of discipline and intelligence and strategy. But she sees at the end that you cannot rescue another person, right? Louis is not a child. Louis is an adult. And her heart is in the right place. And she actually hasn't really been given a full choice. I mean, she does step into the rescuer role or the warrior role, but it's really not her choice. She was okay with leaving and leaving Louis to his fate. Lestat is the one that said, absolutely not. 
he's the one that moved her like a chess piece and said, Louis is happy with you here. So here is where you're going to stay. And she's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> but she can't just walk out the door. So she's going to have to rescue the two of them if she wants to get out herself. So to that extent, this isn't a full choice. In order to rescue herself, she had to rescue Louis. But she's now discovering that kind of the expression, which I don't really like, but sometimes it feels true that no good deed goes unpunished. So she wants to rescue Louis, but she really can't because you cannot rescue another person. And, and that's the hard lesson that she's learning because really it's reasonable for her to expect gratitude on Louis's part because he is now delivered. He's now free to live his life in freedom. He doesn't really want to be free. He, he loves Lestat for, for better or for worse, <laughs> for function or for dysfunction. He loves Lestat. And the thing is, Claudia is now in danger. Killing Lestat for good would require putting him on the grill, lighting him on fire, and turning him into ash. That's the only way they're going to be done with him. Louis refuses this. And what that means is that now Claudia is in danger. Lestat, if he wouldn't forgive her for leaving, he says, apology unaccepted when she tries to apologize. If he won't forgive her that, you think he's going to forgive her for masterminding his murder? No. So now that he's not permanently gone, she's the one that's in danger. And she has every right to be pissed off because she went through all that to help Louis. And the final and most difficult lesson is that you can't rescue other people. Now, we'll see what happens. You know, this is the toughest lesson that any warrior has to learn. And, and I'm a coach, and I have taken the rescuer warrior path by turning my trauma into a career of helping people. But one thing that you will learn as a coach, as a therapist, as anyone who's trying to help people, even as a nurse, is that the people that you are trying to help will turn on you sometimes, right? And the most difficult lesson that you have to take away from that is that in order to save yourself, sometimes you have to ripcord people out of your life. And it doesn't mean that you don't have empathy. It doesn't mean that you don't care. Tough love is love. And love is also self-love. It does no good for you to love somebody else if you can't love yourself. And loving yourself sometimes requiring cutting people off. Now, in real life, to get away from an abuser, you don't have to cut his head off and, and light him on fire, right? No contact is, is good enough. So in real life, and the thing is, it's just as hard. In real life, if you want to get away from an abuser for good, you have to go no contact. You have to shut off all communication with that person, at least for a period of time. Because the thing is, if you don't, that codependent part of you, that wounded heart is going to be like Louis was drawn back in. So you have to make a head decision, not a heart decision, a head decision to protect yourself. Otherwise, you will always be vulnerable. You will always be at risk of slipping back into codependency. Now, it's interesting because I read this book recently called Psychopath, and the author, her name is... Mary Thompson, I believe, 
she, Mary Turner Thompson is her name, and she wrote a book called Psychopath, and she also wrote another book called The Bigamist. She is someone who took the warrior path. She was married to what turned out to be a psychopath. She is somebody who experienced early trauma, and she had an abusive first marriage, and the second marriage turned out to be a psychopath. So <laughs> she's been through it. But now her career is, like I said, she's the warrior. She rescues other people. And in her rescuing other people, most of them were grateful, but she did have somebody who turned on her, somebody who, you know, was married to him, legitimately married to him. She, when Mary married him, he was already married. So technically her marriage was not legitimate. Um, but this other wife ended up going back after all. I mean, this man, is somebody who has an, a stadium full of victims, right? Ripping people off, you know, leaving people broken, damaged, uh, in and out of prison, right? This is somebody who's just total bad news. But she went, and she knew all this. The first wife knew all this, but she went back anyway. Why? Because she went the codependent path. She really never crossed over into warrior path. So that choice is always there. And it's not an easy choice because people will accuse you of not being empathic. They'll accuse you of not having a heart. And this is why it's so difficult to get away from abusers because people that don't understand the dynamics of abusive relationships, the counsel that they give you is not helpful, right? They'll tell you that, oh, you know, they didn't mean it or, oh, you have to forgive and da, da, da. No, you don't. Forgiveness does not mean putting yourself in harm's way. Forgiveness means that you release the need to change the other person. That's real forgiveness. Forgiveness means that the person has chosen their path and you're choosing to leave them to take that path. It doesn't mean you need to be friends with them. It doesn't mean you need to go back with them. It doesn't mean that you ever need to see or speak with them ever again. That does not mean that you don't forgive them. It means that you're making a head decision that you matter as much as the other person does. Your well-being is your first priority. You cannot control what other people do. You cannot rescue other people. And that is not your job nor your responsibility. All right. Well, that is Claudia. So we talked about the three main characters of interview. I love the adaptation. Um, people have complained. They like the book better. I've just started the book. I don't know if I want to continue with the book and talk about that next, or if I want to go on to a different book. I am interested in, in the dark and the light. So I'm very interested in things like vampires and monsters and mythical figures. I'm interested in, I'm a Wiccan practitioner myself. I'm interested in witchcraft. And I actually thought that I would be talking about the other show, the the witch show that they have, which I can't remember the name of offhand, but I don't like it. It's, it's so much worse than Interview with the Vampire that I just can't really get into it. Now, I know it's the same author, but still, it's just the this adaptation to me is not that good. And, and I only got through the first, ep actually, I didn't even get through the first episode. I got through three quarters of the first episode and I just lost interest. So I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> so I'll either talk about the books or I'll talk about something else related to vampires, monsters, angels, demons, 
the dark and the light, all the stuff that makes us human, all the stuff that makes us monsters. The light is not better than the dark. The darkness will suck you in if you let it, but it cannot be ignored, nor should it. The dark and the light are equal in importance, and so I love to talk about it all. So until next time, have a beautiful and productive week, and I'll see you then. So that's all I have for you today. I hope you did enjoy today's discussion. Visit paintselflove.com to book a coaching appointment or to buy some inspirational art. Until next time, love yourself and love yourself well. Blessed be.